Hello, this is the Fremantle Arts Centre podcast and if things sound a little bit different, that may be the sound of the Arts Centre you're hearing. We're back. You can hear some limestone, some 1861 limestone. We're really happy to be back in the building. We will be reopening the gallery this Monday, June 15, which is exciting news, but we'll keep doing these anyway. We will keep bringing you our virtual way of connecting with artists. Today we have Andrea Gibbs from Bareface Stories. Bareface Stories is a kind of Perth arts institution now. It's been going for 10 years and effectively it's a live storytelling show where strangers, curated strangers, can get up on stage and tell fascinating stories and it's very entertaining. We've hosted one at the Arts Centre which was very successful and we are just about to announce a new one at the Arts Centre just before COVID-19 hit. So I thought I would get in contact with Andrea to see how Barefaced Stories is going. And she does actually have some really interesting developments with Barefaced. And to discuss storytelling in general, why storytelling now more than ever and connecting with real-life people and talking about how you're feeling or what's going on is very important in this strange new world we are living with. You may also recognise Andrea's voice from ABC Radio where she presents on Sundays and she talks about that as well, how being a radio presenter is offering her an opportunity to check in with people during a time where people are getting a little bit less face-to-face contact than usual or were until restrictions were lifted in WA. But uh, let's get straight into it. This is a chat with the always interesting Andrea Gibbs. So Andrea... Over the course of this strange time, I have been checking in with all of the artists who had shows uh, due to be announced or announced at the Art Centre, and we were due to do a Barefaced Stories show at the Art Centre before the virus hit. So I thought I'd check in on you and see how you're going. Well, we were devastated that <laughs> that we couldn't do the show because the yeah the show that we did in December went so well, so we're really excited about yeah rocking out the Freo Arts Centre again with some more stories. Yeah, but I'm sure at some stage we can reschedule that. What have you been doing during the downtime? You you were very much ahead of the curve in that Barefaced has a podcast so people can still get their Barefaced, you know, um, feel, can't they? Yeah, definitely. Every week, every Friday we drop a new story. And i tell you what, one thing that's kind of, I guess, come to the fore during all of this is the importance of documenting work. Because we've recorded audio from just about every live Bareface show that we've ever had, now I'm kind of able and have the time free to trawl back through all of our back catalogue and, you know, keep releasing work while we can't do live shows. And yeah. although although it's kind of like so these stories are online and they're using social media, it's definitely a way that we can stay connected to our audience and also remind the storytellers that there is still a community here and then that's their stories matter no matter what is happening. Yes. So I think it's kind of you just like the importance of having recorded a lot of our, our stuff and I guess that's the same for a lot of artists. They're able to now release videos, recordings of their shows and things like that, which has been really great because it's I, I've found that this time has been really important in terms of just – doing other business things. Like I wear so many different hats and Bareface Stories is run by me and so I've kind of like I find it really difficult to find time to do the things that I need to. So I'm just really using this as an opportunity to 
work on our podcast a bit more, work on just little things like our graphics, more things like that. Yeah. I don't want to assume that because we do have new listeners to the podcast that might not be aware of Bareface Stories. So can you give us just the Bareface 101 and let people know what Bareface Stories is? Yeah, so it's just about real people jumping up on stage telling a real story. Our live shows, we have been doing, well, we were going into our 10th year. So, we've yeah, 2010 we started and we really started just off the back of, this is going to sound weird, but like I guess it's, I wanted to tell more personal stories, not just do stand-up. I was doing stand-up at the time and I was lucky enough to get a grant to go over to New York to learn storytelling. And then when I came back, there was nowhere to do the type of storytelling that I wanted to. So it really began out of selfish reasons, I suppose. But then very quickly um, built into a place where anyone could get up on stage and tell a story and we would help them with that process. So our shows are curated and... um, as soon as we kind of built up our our audience to be big enough, then we did start to pay our storytellers as well, which I, as a creative I think is really, really important that you pay people for the content that they provide you. Um, yeah. Now at this point in the podcast we had the quintessential COVID-19 working from home moment where the postman arrived and my dog proceeded to bark very loudly. The uh, interview was abruptly halted very rudely by Pickle, my miniature schnauzer, and we resumed the chat like this. Yeah, so I learnt storytelling over in New York and then when I came back there was nowhere to perform the type of stories that I wanted to perform and so really out of selfish reasons, Fairface Stories was created by me and my best mate, Kerry O'Sullivan, and... um, yeah, we actually racked up our credit cards and flew my mentor from New York over to Perth to run the first series of workshops because it was really important to us to start with with quality stories and quality storytellers. And some of sure. those people who participated in that very first workshop were are still like our storytellers today. So, yeah, 10 years later they're still telling stories with us. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but the, the virus will surely... Um, birth many amazing stories there's going to be no shortage of interesting stories when you can resume yeah I'm hoping so I mean I had like a I had a line of people waiting in the wings to get on stage at Bareface this year so um they've been kind of put on the back burner and they're really excited about getting up on stage when they can um yeah but it is a really you know we're all kind of going through our own types of hardship right now and you know that's totally story worthy material (laughs) Mm. hardships yeah so many artists are having to adapt many are going online and streaming whatever they do are you looking at those kind of options how are you thinking about how to present bareface while you can't do so physically i definitely thought about it in the beginning but then uh I really kind of – I didn't really want to get swept up in the whole like let's live stream everything that we can and I couldn't see a way of doing it where we would have a big enough audience tune in that it would be worthwhile for the storytellers to do it. So yeah. I kind of – yeah, and it really I, – I just always go back to what my tastes are and I really have no desire to sit in front of a computer and, and see someone tell a story from their lounge room. I kind of – I don't associate being in front of a computer with living my best life and Bareface Stories has always been about real connection. So just the storyteller and the audience 
and minimal technology in between. Sure. That so, is so much a part of the experience. You can cut the air at your shows. So yeah. Th- that is so, – yeah, you just cannot recreate that feeling, can you? No, you can't. And, I like, I really want people to listen, not half listen, and I feel like distracted focus is what – being online represents to me like maybe that's just me my experience but I can't I find it really difficult to focus uh, like wholeheartedly and with my whole self when I'm online to and really kind of giving someone your undivided attention for a sustained period of time I just feel like it's such a precious gift especially in our world right now and I just don't think I can stream that. I don't know. It feels like I water that. I'd be watering yeah, that, that experience that, down. That's such a valid, like, response. But we artists are having this discussion all the time. Does what I do work online? And some for some people, the right answer is let's just hunker down, get better at what I do. You know, hone hone what I do, and then come back when I can do it in person again. I I there is a weird. You don't. Everyone doesn't have to go online at the moment, no. do they? No, they don't. And there's also yeah. that whole debate that's going on about, you know, artists giving things away for free as well. And I, I, I totally agree with that. I couldn't really see a, a way to monetize it in a way that I could still pay the storytellers what we pay them from the live show. And I just, I've set the bar at a certain level and I want to keep it like that for artists. That's important to me. But I have been really like... I don't know whether it's just like the crazy dreaming that I've had recently, but having this time has allowed me to think more creatively about how we could share stories. Mm -hmm. And I've got a project on the go at the moment, um, working two working titles, Park My Words or Ride and Seek, um, which is a, a way to kind of get people, well, I'm basically inviting an audience to jump in their car, to belt up and to tune in, um, and enjoy join a kind of road trip of sorts. Right. So it's a live show um, combined with a radio broadcast. So you just need your car and uh, to be able to tune into an FM station. So it's for a pretty small audience, but each vehicle is given an, a map and they follow in a convoy to different locations where there is a storyteller. Wow. Um, they shine their headlights on them and they tune into the broadcast and they just they enjoy the story from the safety of their car. So it's a little bit like the drive-in cinemas, yeah. except, except we're making it a little bit more experiential. So there'll be three or four different locations that each car visits in one night. And while they're travelling between the locations, they'll also be able to tune into a kind of special pre-recorded mix of stories which encourage conversation in the car. So if they're travelling with someone else... Or even if they're travelling solo, they just get a moment to kind of reflect on the experiences that they've had. So that sounds unbelievable. Yeah. That sounds like so much fun. It's like half car rally, half kind of yeah, drive in. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. all and all in your own little hermetically sealed bubble. Perfect. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out like I was picturing you know what it would be like to be one of the storytellers and not having that immediate feedback because I think that's one of the challenges that comedians have been facing doing live stream stuff where they don't have the audience right there in front of them everyone's on mute and they kind of like wave or give thumbs up when they like a joke it's really not the same it totally but, um McAuliffe I think is the classic example of that yeah. have you noticed he hasn't had the mm-hmm. live audience and he's opted not to have canned laughter so there's this strange pause after every joke it's a weird thing to watch 
It's so weird. Yeah, so it's going to feel a little bit like that. It'll be interesting to see how the storytellers find it from their end. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited about people being able to toot their car horns and flash their lights at the end of a story as opposed to clap. That'll be fun. That's it. So I, yeah. guess, I guess the thing about storytelling is it's not like stadium rock. It, it It's scalable. Like it can be one-on-one. It can be, you know, 50-on-one. It can be 100-on-one. Do you think when, you know, traditional venues emerge, you'll be able to do it on a smaller scale? Can you see a barefaced stories with, say, 50 people in the crowd, 20 people in the crowd? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't really like the idea of um, having that the social distancing between crowd members. That's something I'm just really struggling to get my head around because I, I quite like the cosy feel that we create at Bareface Stories. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, part of this idea with the um, park my words slash ride and seek idea is that I wanted to create an idea that we could then we could continue on after all of this and I think something that is really fun to experience like that that you know can speak to personal stories but also a sense of place like I can see that um being taken to different towns and perhaps the stories that people are hearing are about that particular location um that's something that I'm really excited about and really interested in and I guess kind of like listening back to a lot of our live shows and not like I work in radio so I just love um this is something about someone's voice, a person's voice. Like it really identifies you as uniquely as your looks can, as your fingerprints do. Mm. Um, you know, I know some people might sound a little bit alike. There's no two voices that are exactly the same. And I think kind of in a small car environment, you can really tap into people's voices and that intimacy. I just really like that idea. Yeah, and I definitely. so kind of, yeah, I guess... Even more so than live maybe because yeah. it, the quality can be arguably even better. You get that kind of podcasty feeling where it's you can turn it up and it's warm. Yeah, and it's like music. I mean it's like there's something that's really magical about audio where you kind of – it's just there, you can't see it, it's kind of in the air but it's around you and like a good story or a good piece of music, it gets into you. It's amazing. I don't know, just like mm. – yeah, just, yeah. That sounds but great. That's, I want to do yeah, it. I'm hoping. Mm. The other thing that you were developing prior to this all hitting was the chin wagon, which mm-hmm. could be really handy in this time in that it doesn't require a million people. What? Tell me about the chin wagon and where that's at. It's so interesting because I've been going back and listening to the recordings that were made in the chin wagon that we did in January and February and it was like just before COVID. Mm. Um Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice to just hear people connecting. So that whole concept was getting two people who know each other into the Chin Wagon, which is a mobile recording studio, and letting the, one of them interview the other one for 40 minutes. Um, so now what I'm doing is listening back to those recordings, topping and tailing them, putting them on a cute little USB, and then sending them out in the post back to the people who recorded, who um, participated. Right. Um, so that heading forward with that idea... Um, I think we'll probably make the recordings a little bit shorter. Um, but, yeah, we've still, still got the same idea. Well, I want to tour around WA and get people to jump in and tell their stories because there's been really some beautiful moments and it's it's kind of really highlight, highlighted the, I guess, the how conversation is such a precious gift right now. 
mm. and how you can give that to others and that connection is it's never been more important. Mm. Have you found that your role as a broadcaster feels even more special at this time? I know that yeah, a lot of us, the, the practicality of it is that perhaps not so much now in WA, but we actually couldn't see people you know, that we wanted to for a long time. Did you feel a kind of duty to be kind of a companion even more so than usual? Yeah. On my show, um, I've been quite lucky in a sense because the because the, there's no sport on at the moment, mm. I've been doing my show live on a Sunday afternoon on ABC and it goes out Australia-wide and... I've been having so I've been getting so many text messages. I've been getting so many people calling up wanting to share their stories. Like people are really gagging for connection right now. Mm. Um, and for those first couple of weeks, I found it like it was really important to me as well for my mental health to kind of go into work and and then have so many people from around Australia connecting. It it made me feel amazing you know just it was so good for my mental health and preparing for the show each week I've been doing this uh, little thing where I I just I sit down for an hour and I just back to back make phone calls to friends of mine with with a question like and it could be it could uh, some of the examples so like one of the questions was what are you what are you an expert in um one of them is like tell me about your first kiss so and then I'll mix those all into this kind of medley, which I play on the show. Um, sure. But it's been that just that the act of just calling twenty of my mates or just twenty people that I know and touching base with them, no matter how kind of quickly it is, has been really really helpful. Yeah, I think it, it's a time that stimulates storytelling in that, like in our immediate lives, some of us don't really have a lot to talk about. I caught up with close friends for the first time in maybe nine weeks recently. And when I sat down with them, I, it was a weird feeling. I'm like, well, I don't really have much to tell you. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like, and so we found ourselves more reminiscing and going back over old, old stories. It's a funny, it's a funny time. Um, yeah. It's a, That's it's, so interesting. Yeah. I, I felt I had no stories because I've, well, I've been doing what everyone else has been doing. I've been, you know, at home in my trackies working and nothing super dramatic has happened, but maybe I'm just a bad storyteller. No, that's not true. <laughs> I think we're all just getting like um, hanging out with ourselves and probably getting a bit numb to our, our, how interesting we are, <laughs> whether yeah, we are maybe. or not. The, the, just finally, I saw that um, the Blue Room, you're curating four conversations as part of Winter Nights. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so the Blue Room wanted to do, during Winter Nights, they not, they normally do these really great panel discussions and they were trying to think of a way that they could do something similar but obviously with the new situation um, they had to kind of think out, outside of the box. So, yeah, the idea is that they're going to be releasing uh, three or four podcast episodes which will be uh, an artist interviewing another artist or they're, they're pitching ideas at the moment to us applications, um, yeah, happening right now. So, yeah, th- and then I'll be working with each artist just to help them, I guess, craft their interview and then I'll be helping them edit each podcast afterwards. So, yeah, that's exciting. We've been talking a lot of shop and, and worky stuff about your creative process. What about personally? How have you been dealing with this time? Have you, What have you been doing to relax? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I find that I some days I am able to re- relax really easily and other days I feel like I should be getting 
so much work done. Um, I've really been enjoying having less FOMO. Um, I feel like when you work in the arts, there's always things going on that you feel like you should be at and I just kind of – I'm loving not having that feeling that I should be out somewhere. I've been doing the regular things like gardening and yoga. Mm. Um, the hardest thing for me has been the fact that my parents are down in Donnybrook mm-hmm. and – I only just got to go see them because the interstate border opened up last week. So I went down and hung out with them. I just love my parents dearly. And so that's been really hard being separated from them. And I really feel for people who, you know, are in other countries and separated from family because um, for, for me that was a real kind of wake-up call that I really need to make the most of the connections I have while we have them. been listening to Fat Chats, another one of our check-ins with an artist that we work with here at the Arts Centre. Thanks so much for listening. We'll announce the next Bareface Stories as soon as it becomes clearer when we can host events and mass gatherings at Fremantle Arts Centre. But for now, we're open. As of Monday, June 15, we are now open seven days a week from 10 till 4pm. The shop is open, the cafe is open, and in the galleries we currently have revealed an amazing showcase of over 100 new and emerging Aboriginal artists from right around Western Australia. So pop in. We'll see you soon in the flesh. (laughs) 